Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I am here with a good friend of mine and colleague, Ayesha Safir, who's a fellow coach. She just got certified as a life coach um, through ICF, and she's just launched her coaching business, Coaching for Kings. And I think the work she's doing is just so important and valuable and really necessary. And I just want to jump right in. Ayesha, welcome. It's so good to have you. Would you please tell our audience and our listeners all about your new business and, and what inspired you to start? Of course. First of all, thank you so much, Andy. I appreciate you. I am really honored to be here today. This is my first interview. So I'm on my way to the top. (laughs) Um, I am Coach Aisha, or like me and Andy were just talking about, or Coach Aisha, uh, depending on what my client needs at the time. And I started uh, Coaching for Kings um, shortly after I got my life coaching certification back in February. Uh, my inspiration came from whew, a lot. <laughs> Life experiences, relationships, um, my relationship with my father, my brothers, my male friends. And so I noticed that in the Black male community, first of all, male community overall, but I think Black men have it like 10 times worse. Um, they struggle when it comes to dealing with that they're making their mental health a priority. Um, Not only their mental health, but you're raised as a black man normally that you're not supposed to reach outside of yourself for help. And it's the more and more research I'm doing, I've interviewed 30 plus gentlemen, um, finding out about their stories, 98% of them don't have a safe space, don't have somebody or feel like they have a place they can comfortably talk to somebody. Um, They think that all their problems, they're supposed to figure it out on their own, just internally, um, just within their perspective. And and they don't feel like it's masculine or that you are powerful for reaching outside of yourself. Um, So I wanted to change the dynamic because it is, uh, in our community, it's causing a lot of chaos that's been going on forever. So black men already have a particular stigma on them just for being black. Um, You're a threat to society just for being a black man. And then on top of that, you don't have any support that you feel for you just being you. And so within that, that's kind of where I started with it. Um, I had some personal close relationships that triggered that, had a close relationship with somebody who had an addiction. And in that situation, 
he couldn't express himself or tell me about his situation at all. And he just, I saw him constantly struggle on his own. But at the same time, it was so deeply embedded in you that you are not supposed to reach outside of yourself. You're a man, you're strong, figure it out. And that's kind of like how our culture is. Now, I noticed that this, this is a masculine thing, but I noticed other cultures and other people, it's uh, more common for them to reach outside of themselves or it's more acceptable. You're not, uh, you're not laughed at or judged for going to a therapist or right. seeking help. And in our community, it's just not what, you know, it's just not acceptable standardly. It's, it's starting to get better, which I am grateful of, but there's not many programs. So that's why I developed Coaching for Kings, more or less. I think that the work is so important. It's it's so important. And I think, you know, especially with Black men, people of color, they don't, they have to essentially always justify why they're worthy or valid in society. Whereas white men kind of already are gifted that, that privilege of just, it's okay that you're just alive. Like, it's just totally fine. You're alive and that's enough. And right. so you have that space where you can then, you can then say, oh, you know, maybe I want to do some inner work. But when you're constantly, you know, going through that process of just being validated to just exist, just because, I mean, it's, it's a lot. So you were talking about some of, some of your experiences and you also talked about the research that you did in developing the program. And I would love to, if you don't mind, just share some of your findings and maybe some of the things that, you know, you're going to incorporate as you're, as you're starting to work with individuals. Okay. Of course. So, um, <laughs> so much. Now I will tell you this. I bit off a bullet bigger than I thought. <laughs> Lady, if anybody, I, I have known you. Let me, let me tell the listeners just real quick before, before coach Isha goes on about what she is about to do. There is no woman that can bite a bigger bullet than this woman. I have known this woman for a decade but it is, it is a big bullet. So, so yes, I, I can assume. So, no, I, so when I first started, um, I had an idea and I was just like, let's just go with it. I'm one of those, oh, go with the flow. Let's see what life brings you. Open yourself up, make yourself as valuable as you can and you'll see how it expands. And so it started when I started um, a, my mentor, <laughs> virtual mentor because he's online and I never personally met him but coach Sean Smith who I absolutely rave about 24/7 like if it wasn't for him I don't know if I would have been developed as quickly you know on my own so I I appreciate him so much but he said something and he said um if you're going to coach uh any of your particular seeker or niche for you know the rest of the world you need to become them and you need to, you may think that, you know, and so this is how I interpret it. You may think that, you know, what black men need from a black woman's perspective, but you don't know until you really become them. And so that's what I tried to do. I tried to get as many honest, authentic opinions, et cetera. And, and I didn't realize how far the spread it, um, how many subsections I was going to have to develop, how many different particular uh, groups within the black male groups I was going to have to cover. And so it, 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 it was a beautiful journey. 
um, in my interviews, I, I had like three different men open up to me about um, trying to commit suicide and out of 30 people. Um, and I didn't realize the rate of the suicide rate that black men are like rank high up there. Um, I don't know those exact statistics. So I'm not going to give it to you, but it's extremely high. Then I wasn't that aware about it. Um, veterans, black veterans, they have a major, major issues that come from them being a veteran, which we know already comes back to the PTSD and the trauma. And trauma, the right. The and mental- aren't there a disproportionate amount of black men that enlist in the military compared yeah. to white men? I didn't know if that was a real statistic yes. still, but I'm it sure is. that it is. It is. It is. And not, like I said, I don't want to throw out facts that I haven't looked up and I can research right now, but it is a high amount because in our community, a lot of times people are like, well, if you're not going to do nothing else, go to the military. You know, at least it's going to keep you out of jail and out of, out of you know, the streets. And that's um, and another thing that, you know, the white people, and I don't want to cut you off, but white people don't ever really think about that. It's not, we don't ever think, oh, it's going to keep you out of jail. Mm-hmm. That's not a narrative that takes place with white people. Yeah. Like th- throughout our lives. So yeah. any, anyway, I mean, so yeah, so PTSD, no, trauma, and, and, you know, military. Yes, and, then, and that, and then other now is one thing I was going to bring up, the, the black man with records. Um like, I think it's one in four or something like that. Black male over the age of, I think 20, don't quote me on that again. Cause I don't know if this is X six, but somewhere around there usually have go to jail or have some type of record. So after that happens, what it does to your mental and, and how you feel like you're not, uh, and the way society bases you, once you get a record, it's very hard for you to just establish a life, you know? Mm-hmm. So now you have black record <laughs> trauma. The, trauma, the trauma and the stigmas that's going against you so now and then once again you have no space there's no support or, or not a lot of support you have the homeless people um and I was talking to people like yeah when I was homeless at one point there was no centers nothing to support them no programs it, it's not much out there specifically so black women which we have our traumas but there's more of a support system that I noticed once I started doing my research, I, you know, like, like more shelters, et cetera, like that. So anyway, um, as I was on, I realized how many sub parts within the culture that I was going to have to develop. So that is still a work in process. Um, in, in the midst of all of this, um, I want to start with just my coaching program. And so with the coaching, it's just, and I'm going to extend it further out. So just with coaching, it would start working with clients one-on-one. Um, and as I start that way, I can just kind of even get more and more practice and understanding of what they needed. And I have gotten so much feedback and just helping people, giving them resources, books, just even really and truly the biggest thing that they really need is somebody just to listen. And that's what I noticed. Like, you know, as a coach, you find out that usually you're just listening asking the right questions to bring the answer out of the person that are, they already know, but they don't have, they don't feel they have support of people just listening in their, in their homes and with their wives and children and things like that. And the lenses, you know, you're showing somebody as a coach, you're holding a mirror to somebody and you're showing them, you know, when you're in, you're in a community with everybody that's just like you, and this can be any community, not just people of color, black men, but when you're with people that are just like you, it is very hard to, look in the mirror because you only see it from one lens. So you don't see everything else and you don't see another perspective as whereas this person, you know, is going to any, any of these individuals that's going to come and speak with you, 
you're going to be able to show them a new way to look at their life because our life isn't just a one dimensional piece of paper or whatever. It's, it's, there's many sides to an issue. Exactly. And I think they need that, you know, they need to be able to have those conversations. You're right. And just opening up that space where they can even consider other lenses, because Mm -hmm. in this, in this one dimensional world that, that this is where it's, this is where the problem lies is, is feeling like, and it starts. And what's crazy is that it's directly affected at home, usually with your mother your black mother who in her mind, she's looking at you like, okay, I see my son. I don't want him to get killed. You know, when she thinks about these things, you know, I don't want him to get killed. I want him to always protect himself. I want him to be safe. I want him to know how to fight. I know how these type of things, a lot of times I want him to be educated, whatever, but she instills in him so much. You're a man. You've got to be a man. And a lot of times there are a lot of people, not all, but there is a high proportion rate of dysfunction in family and in households. And sometimes the father is not being around and stuff. And so a lot of times his mother has this much pain and trauma that she's instilling in her son. And yeah. she doesn't realize what that you know, creates as they get older. And so it's a lot of these men who have this, they hear their mom in the back of their head, like, Hey, you got to be this, 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 and then the girls. So women have this expectation for him with extra, extra expectation because they don't want him to be part of the stigma. They don't want him to be a failure. So they have all this pressure, like you're born into pressure. Um, and, and it's, it, it goes really, really deep. And so the more and more I was looking at, it, I was like, I just want to start a basic program that the, the very basis of it is knowing that you are supported, knowing that somebody understands what you're going to and your particular trauma that you have to deal with on a daily basis, just for existing as a black man in America, for sure. And um, with that being started, I want to expand and I plan on in the long range expansion. I want to do it, have a therapy program that's catered particularly to black men and their trauma where I have therapists. I want to have actuals like brick and mortar centers in each like city. Like in my vision, I see like a coaching for Kings, like YMCA branded, like in every city, that's, that's my vision and actually have people where black men in the community, the young boys, the older men, the veterans, whatever, they come to go to these places and create these whole programs with different, you know, segmented to issues, you know, so that, that's my long range vision, but I guess I'm just starting out. So now I'm like, well, let me do what you can do now. You can individually coach as many people in your community, talk to people, find clients, and just expand this awareness that I want to bring and know that it's okay. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, just from, you know, learning about, learning about creation of your own life, you know, that your brain has to be able to believe that you can do it before anything else. And so that's why people very rarely, like, for example, get rich overnight and then stay that way. You know, you, it's always building blocks. It's always building the basement first and then moving on to building, you know, building other things. I don't think your vision is so important. It's huge. Um, and it's great, but starting with an individual, one person on the individual level, you're already going to be just moving mountains of magnitude with that because one black man can influence another black man, which can influence another black man. And right now there's no communication. Well, I'm sure that there, there is some, but not, not nearly as much as, I mean, and this is interesting because, you know, we don't really... I think just as a society, we need to talk about, about race in this way a lot more than we do, but us white people, we're sitting around like, oh, yeah, let's just, well, let, let's just talk about our, fe-. I mean, I'm in a, a whole online community of men that talk about this just 
all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there are any, any black men in that. I mean, I, I can't think of, there might, there might be one or two, like mate. I don't need, I don't think so. This yeah. is important. This is important to see who's missing from the room of this important conversation that even white people are, are just starting to somewhat embark. And we don't even have those things happening to us in society that are, that are taking place with people of color. So yeah. it's really, really amazing. I love the vision of having different centers. I love the way you are approaching starting the dialogue mm-hmm. and being able to get all of that when you're going to be working with clients one-on-one um, so far um, what have been your experiences one-on-one? I know that you've been working with clients, you know, it, okay. So, and this goes back to hand in hand, um, like you just mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, we create our worlds, um, with all the trauma in the African-American community, I have noticed, and I'll state this, which may be controversy. Oh, we have became victims and lived in victim mode. And it's just a response to actually maybe at some point being the victim, but being a victim is, is mentality. And when, and, and I want to stop you, that's, that's true in, of, of all of us. Yes. Um, that's true of all of us. And so we get into this, uh, this mode because of things that have actually happened to us. Yes. So yes. your community things actually happened. Yes. Um, by, by way of, of people, people like, like my community, yes. um, but yes, but, but the staying in it is, is an overriding, overriding yeah. and so I, in victim. Yes. And so a lot of times I try to get my client to acknowledge not how much, but all, but at least a part to acknowledge how much do you acknowledge in your life of what you created? And then I extend it to them realizing they create their whole reality and and some things happen to you, that's right, but what choices are you choosing and how are you choosing to learn your lessons from these things that happen to you and holding on to the past? So a lot of times I really start with just really getting people more and more conscious and aware of their mental state, aware of how powerful they are. Um, a lot of men don't feel very powerful because they feel like they can't beat the man, I guess you can say, or they can't beat the system or the whole world's against them. And I'm like, so I'm not saying that some of that isn't have relevance or for you to have experienced that, but that does not have to be your constant reality. So you have to change your relationship with yourself first. And that's really how I start because it all starts with self. And I mean, when I tell you, I usually start very basic. I, I start being like, what type of schedule do you have? How much time are you willing to put into this work. It's not even, I don't even like to call it work. It's just, it's just your journey that you're recreating, reinventing yourself. So you can create the life that you want. So you can achieve the results that you want, but it's really, for me, it's stop blaming on the outside and what happened in the past. And let's focus on the inside and where we at now. And let's do it with love. Let's do it with gentleness. Let's do it with forgiveness. Let's do it with empathy and just be very honest with ourselves, where we are to where we want to be. And that's really honestly where I started each person to different degrees. Some people have some understanding of some of those um, parts of life about your creation. Now people have drastically none. And as more as I can explain it, a lot of times I'll reference out different books that I think that may help them in that particular situation, but I need them first to, are you willing to have this transformational journey of yourself 
not just, and some people, and I also ask, what type of coaching do you want? Do you want to dig deep and really try to do transformational work where you really recreate and reinvent your beliefs and what you're thinking and you're very conscious? Or do you want to just achieve a particular goal and you just need help getting there? I'm always for the deep stuff because I like to challenge myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I am, I am with you. It's like, let's go. Let's yes. get in there. Yes, but, and some people, but some people don't want that. So they don't want okay. like a new job. They want yes. to wait. I mean, that's right. in, in my world, you know, like, they, okay, like I want to lose 10 pounds. Great. Okay. You know, right. Let's talk about your father. Right. <laughs> but, you know, let's talk about where you created that you were supposed to uh, be. Exactly. Like, where do you even think that that, that that was coming from? But you know what, Ayesha? I think that it's really interesting. And it's hard to even say this. It's hard as a white woman to mm-hmm. say this. But when you look at the whole world, And you look at every individual in the world, every individual, I'm talking about every single one, because, you know, black and white is an American thing. Mm -hmm. And you're not so much seeing that in other parts of the world, but in other parts of the world, you see other adversities. Mm -hmm. Like you in Ireland, you see the Catholics and the Protestants. Like, I mean, like you see oppression and horrific things happening all over the world. And in every instance that a horrific thing happens to anyone in the world, Things only get better when individuals, individual people, like I, me, the individual, take responsibility. Yes. And, you know, that's that's really hard to say when you're the person that it happened to. Yeah. But, I mean, it can't, I, I think that we're in a place where our society, especially after 2020 and what happened with George Floyd and the media attention and Black Lives Matter and, and the direction that we've been going with BLM and, all, and and just more awareness. I think we're at a place now where our country and people and individuals are ready to heal. Yeah. And I think that's why what you're doing is so important, because I don't think that the that people have the tools. I didn't yeah. have the tools and I'm, I have white privilege and I didn't have the tools, yeah. you know, I think, I think you just have to really, really a lot of times, unfortunately, adversity is what causes us to grow, of course. Um A lot of times a, a situation in your life where you have an experience that just tra- a, a death, a illness, a death or illness of somebody really close to you. Um, COVID. <laughs> COVID. You know, that's the whole world. You know. But you're, you are forced. You have to get to the space, I think. And not always. Some people are are good enough to just need a little push. Like, oh, yeah, I don't want to create any more, miscreate any more of that in my life. Let me get, you know, let, what do I need to do? But and some people are like, well, how do you know the answers? I'm like, I don't know how I find all the answers, but I trust and I ask and I trust in the universe that you're going to give me all the resources I need. Every day I do intention setting. I do meditation. I, I work. I work on oh, yeah. my every day. And so I encourage and I tell my clients, I'm not going to ask you to do anything more than what I personally don't do, you know, that I do myself. Everything that I'm asking you to do, I do this daily. And I had to, and I say, you also have to be ready to make this commitment and take full accountability for your life. And, you know, those are some of the things I have requirements for and know that this is work. This is self-work. I, you know, I'm not even, I'm here to help guide you in your self-work process. So you have to be willing to show up. And I've had people leave after the first consultation because <laughs> they thought that I was going to come in. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not a fix your life, you know, even though I love, yeah. 
Uh, with, a, with a list of things that you can do and a prescription of, yeah, I mean, like, like, no, baby, like this is, this is taking the deep dive. I mean, and yeah. sitting in discomfort, yeah, sitting in such discomfort. And yeah. I know that you've had to do, uh, you've had to do a lot of that. You talked about intention setting. I know that you and I had a really long conversation about your process through COVID and getting to this point. And, you know, what were some of, and you told me about some of the discoveries that you made about yourself. And uh, if you don't mind sharing with the listeners, what are some things, uh, some inner work that you had to do? You know, I'm very transparent. I don't, I've always been known to not have many filters. (laughs) It's a gift. It's a gift. But, okay, well, thank you, girl. Maybe it's a Libra thing. I don't know. (laughs) Everybody, just so you know, I am a Libra. Aisha is a Libra. And everybody that is wonderful in the world. You know, we <laughs> might be a Libra. <laughs> All the other signs are great. Too, that, so okay, so and I, and you know, what, what is so funny is if I if I chose to live in some of the ways. Okay, so I, I will let me let me take it back. I'm not going to take credit away for me always wanting more, me always knowing that there was more, but there's behaviors and habits and traumas that. I used to behave in where I was more of a victim. Um, I had more entitlement. I had less forgiveness, less empathy, less um, value and worth that I, you know, that I placed in myself. And I totally wasn't living in my power. Um, And I can, and what's what's so funny because I was talking to somebody and, you know, one of my clients, I think I triggered at one point. And it was a female client actually. And we're talking and she was like, well, I've been through this and I've been, you know, she was like, I've been molested and raped and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I understand. And I'm not, I'm not in any form of fashion trying. And I want you to know that I'm not taken away from your experience. These things happen to you. This is your traumas. I was like, but I have two, you know, and I was like, not to devalidate your experience, but to say that you always can decide to choose how do you want to move forward from this experience, you know? And so to think that I came from really traumatic experiences in my life, you know, um, with a lot of abuse from the hands of me choosing to deal with these particular unempowered, um, maybe not really um, in tune with themselves, black men, you know? So I have these experiences with the same men that I want to help love and um, support now. You know, but just to say that the the difference is in between, but that was who I was choosing to be in those moments as far as how I handled those situations, how I chose to be a victim in that moment, how I chose to think the world was against me, but I had to change my story. I had to change Mm -hmm. my dynamic. And and even within the last year, I had some really um, very close to home things happen where I had to really choose who are you responsible for and take full accountability for who I am, regardless of my external um, conflicts and issues that I was personally going through and how I chose to respond. And I guess that's the best thing you, you could say is like, we all, every single individual here has some form of trauma, whether we consider it a high level trauma or low level trauma does not discredit how that trauma affected that person, but you take your trauma you, you, you acknowledge it, you deal with it. And then you let that trauma push you forward is kind of like the, uh, I guess you could say the premise that I kind of work off of or live Mm -hmm. off of. I don't want people to ignore or act like it didn't happen because no, it's part of the beauty of your story, you know? Right. And, but also is the fact that you, you, 
you developed and created your story. It's kind of yeah. And yes. you can, you can take it in, in any kind of way. I mean, you can take a, a situation as horrific as, you know, being abused, being molested, being beaten, being whatever. You can have that story. I don't have that story by the grace of God. I'm very fortunate, but you can have that story. And two different people can have that exact same experience. And one person can let it destroy the rest of their life and continue to make choices based on the fact that they had a horrific thing happen. And one person can say, okay, but I get to pick today. Like I get to choose how today goes. I get to use what happened to me and I can use that to help others. I can use that to find strength. I can use that to spread awareness or I can use it to do all the above. I mean, you can be a force in the world or you can be a victim. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. It's, you know what it is? It's unfortunate when the, when it's such big work, when the whole, the whole of a culture though, Mm -hmm. unfortunately has had the trauma. And so you are, you are one woman and this is, this is a huge, 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 huge thing. Um, I believe in you. I think that it's Thank wonderful. <laughs> I wanted to, I do. I have all the, all the faith in you. I don't think that there is another person that I believe in more. I know that you have passion and drive. You're fiercely intelligent on a smaller level because it is such a big thing, but you know, we're starting, we're starting in micro steps, you know, micro steps is my thing. Um, on a smaller, on a, a smaller level, what are some things that you think that individuals, um, you focus, you focus on your, on work with black men. So we can say black men, what, okay. um, what are some things that you think black men can do today, right now, if anyone happens to be listening to this, because they found it on your Instagram or anything like that. And, you know, got to this point, what do you think that individuals can do just to start, because this is such a huge thing, and it's so overwhelming for a for a human to <laughs> to think lot. about changing the world. I mean, but you and I know we can break it down. So well, I, okay, so when I and then I tell people this, if and this is just for me, if I can help change, if I, not even me change, if I can help inspire somebody to take the action to make the steps to change themselves. One person, I feel like I did my job, to be honest. Um, I do think that it will be more and it will go way further than that. And I plan for it to be more and to touch as many people as I can. But it starts, and this may sound so simple because you may think it's going to be some expand, but it starts with a decision. And I think I made a post earlier that you're one decision away from changing your whole life. But mm-hmm. it literally starts with a decision. You know what? I am going... <sighs> And I'm trying to get as specific as possible. Somebody's listening, but I'm going to choose to be fully accountable and responsible for my life. And I'm going to be open to whatever it takes, whatever I have to do to be able to create my dream life. That's what I'm going to do. And if this means dealing with all my traumas, changing my beliefs, adjusting my relationships, pulling from all the resources around me, start reading books, start listening to Andy's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, getting on YouTube. Raving reviews here, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Because to be honest, this was a decision that I made in my life. And these are the things I did. I didn't have anybody tell me, oh, this is what you need to do, A, B, C. I just made decisions. And once you start making a decision, guess what? The universe wants to give you what you want. 
You yeah. just got to give it a little direction. The universe wants to give you whatever you put out there, you know, whatever you're flowing your energy towards. So mm-hmm. make a decision about what you want and really do everything you can. And then once you, once you conquer one step, jump to the next, like the micro steps and have fun, like stop making the self uh, um, healing journey be so hard and heavy and serious. Like if you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life, you might as well have fun with it. I simply laugh at the shit that I used to believe six months ago, you know, and I'm like, oh girl, like I'm so happy we came a long way. Or it's just like looking at your ex and you're like, oh my God, what, what was I thinking? What was Who I doing? And what was I, I mean, yeah. Or even looking at your current spouse, like, what was I thinking when I started dating him? <laughs> no, you know, but here's what, here's what it is though. And I wrote about this. I think you saw it on my Instagram about how, you know, and it was about, a, it was about a specific person and how I wrote that, you know, sometimes I find him so attractive. I can't even stand it. Like, I can't even stand it. Like I gotta, I just want to just, I gotta rub one out right there, you know, <laughs> like, and then sometimes he'll do something and I will just be like, oh, I, can't, I can't even look at you. You are yes. gross. Yes. And, you know, I think that that's what people don't realize is that your energy really speaks volumes and you can, and I think another thing that people don't realize, and I'm sure that black men go through this more, more disproportionately more than a lot of people in that, you know, their constant life is a survival. So mm-hmm. like, it's always this state of high beta fight or flight or freeze. Mm-hmm. And you know, oh, we're saying something that I definitely have to address a lot. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you, that's, that's okay. You're the expert on this. I'm, no, I'm I mean, just, <laughs> no, I, and that's something that I noticed because I um, have quite a few um, clients that have reached monetary levels of success and, and a lot of, it took them a lot to get there. But what happened was they would get to these levels of success and they get there and they almost fall apart. And, or you see, you, you see it in NFL players, you see it in sometimes these different, um, you know, celebrities, black celebrities that get popular or whatever in these different cultures and stuff. And you see a lot of times how they get here and then they, and they crash and they fall. But I tell people, you achieve the energy, your high level energy of the monetary, the monetary success, but you didn't try to work on the internal self and the stuff. So you're still in survival mode, still mm-hmm. in scarcity, still living in that void and that space of, I gotta, I gotta buy everything I can because I may not be able to create it again. You know, that, that yeah. type of energy and that type of mold. And if you don't bring your self-awareness and your self-energy and your creation up with your monetary awareness, you're just going to get rid of it or create so many problems in the cycle. And then this is where they're trying to figure it out on their own without talking. So my favorite saying is every king needs a council. I love it. Every, yes. every queen needs a council. You, and I'm like, you need to make sure that you have surrounded around you, all the people that can support you in every, you know, the, these ways that you're not, cause you're not, nobody's ever going to be a perfection. I don't want to be a perfectionist with everything. I, I just, I don't want to, because it's too much energy. Yeah. I need to mm-hmm. it is, yes. my brain and hire and surround myself with people who it's easy for them to do stuff and either create the money to pay them or whatever, however, which way we're going to attract these things. I'm going to make sure my council is surrounding me and everybody, I encourage everybody to have that, you know, um, I don't know where the question was. Cause I sometimes go on straight. Oh, no, we were talking about, we were talking about survival and about how yeah, black yeah. men and that's survival mode. So I, so I, so, so many, you're right. Black men have the survival mode 
thinking. And once they graduate survival mode thinking, they don't consciously realize, oh, I'm not in survival mode. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. You know, it's I'm high not- beta all the time. And it's yes. that thought process of you get yes. out of bed every day and you're living in, you know, maybe, maybe you're living in public housing or maybe you're living in, you know, not so affluent area. And then you, you make it, you know, yeah. you work your way, you know, you, you continue to, to crank that wheel. And now you are a, a man that is successful, mm-hmm. um, you know, in whatever ways that those men that you work with are successful, whether it be athletics or it be any business or anything that any of them, you know, have achieved success in. And then, but yet your brain is still doing that that mm-hmm. high beta and you know, can't behaving even... in this lower vibration, lower energy space. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's very imperative to make sure all the vibrations in your life for alignment or real, or else you're going to misconnect or, I mean, miscreate, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's just not going to connect and you're not going to be able to, and you're going to be like, why I got this, I achieved this, I achieved this. I'm like, but did you, did you focus on the, whatever this particular problem, these, this inner, the self-work? Or you made it all the self-work, but you didn't address some of the beliefs. So now you can't create monetary success. So it's like micro steps, but making sure you're constantly checking in with yourself, checking in with yourself, evaluating yourself, measuring yourself, you know, these types of things. And once again, have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to keep saying that. Absolutely. Like, have fun. Have fun. Sometimes when I talk to people and after I get one consultation, they'll be like, I'm like, no, I'm not trying to overwhelm you, but I want you to understand that we're going to have fun in the process of you creating your life, how you want it to be. And you feel like that you have so much work to do, but once you get started, it's just going to start happening for you, you know, more or less. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, but it it does have to come. It has to be something that you believe it has to be something that you, you know, and that's where that inner work comes in because I think that there was absolutely everything that a human being cannot do has to do with a limiting belief. Mm -hmm. And I am a person that has lived in limiting beliefs and has been like, you know, and it's, you know, when you have an entire culture of, 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 you know, my people telling you for a couple hundred years, you know, or however many thousands of your God, I mean, so long that you're, 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 I can't, I'm trying to use my hands cause I'm Italian, but the podcast listeners can't see my hands. So I'm, <laughs> I'm saying less than, you know, trying to, to use my hands to show like, oh, that you're this big, you're less yeah. than. Yeah, that that compi- that adds to the limiting beliefs. So mm-hmm. I could have limiting beliefs as a white right. person, but I don't have, you know, I have a, a, a magnitude of examples in, in well, society. Yeah. So if you, um, God, what is, what is his name? I forget his name. Uh, I have a book about it too. I'm trying to think. What's his name? Joe Dispenza. Joe Dispenza. Oh God, I love Dr. Joe. Right? I love Dr. Joe. <laughs> I was trying to think about it. I love and that. What, what book you have? Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself? Yes, I think oh. that's, I've listened to a couple of them, but I think it's the one I own, which I need to go reread because that's that was on my list. But honey, I, Joe Dispenza is so deep and heavy and his, his he's so intellectual. I'd be like, okay, let me take this. Okay, I got to put it down because I can only read like 20 pages at a time. Oh my God. <laughs> so much information. And it's it, beautiful. And it's so mind altering. Anyway, but what I was getting back is the one thing that stuck with me was how... And, 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 and please correct me if I'm, cause I'm saying this off of memory, not off of like re- reading, but he, he, he had this concept of, was it trauma or beliefs carried through your DNA? I think it was like trauma and they're changing your DNA. Yeah. So what he, what he basically talks about is the fact that if you go through a traumatic event, 
Oftentimes what people will do is they allow that trauma, they continue to relive that trauma in the past. Mm -hmm. And when you relive that trauma, your body doesn't really know the difference between what's happening now and what's happening in the past. So I don't know, is that what you were talking about? Yes, but what I'm getting at is that I, I have this theory and I've done some reading on it and research on it. And I don't, once again, this is my opinion, But I kind of look at it as Black people, and especially Black men, are kind of like born in trauma. And like this DNA that's been carried through, like slavery was only 400 plus years ago. was very, if you count 400, but my grandfather is so, so So let's just think four or five generations back, which isn't any amount anything of right so in the scheme much, of the world this is yes. a, this is a micro second very you know, of time so, right so when you realize of the amount of trauma that you are already kind of and I'm, like I said I'm not scientifically proven but this is more of like a concept just how I think but you're you have that much that you're carrying with you already you know give yourself some grace and take it one day at a time because this mm-hmm. shit is deep and it's rooted and, and, and sometimes you have to really, really dig deep to get rid of some of these things that were not only just limiting beliefs, but some of these beliefs were where you felt like your life is on the line. Like if right. you didn't behave in this manner or believe in this manner, or ex- if you express yourself too much, if you defend yourself, your life is mm-hmm. on the line. And, and that's so, something that you, you believe is truth. And then all of a sudden you're believing it is truth yes. and you don't realize that even though a whole culture validates and goes along with what you're saying, because it's true, your life was on the line. The truth is, is that you can still change it, that you can still change the story. Yes. And you can change change your attraction. Because if you believe that, that's what you're going to keep continually attracting. And didn't Dr. Joe talk about that there was evidence and maybe it wasn't Dr. Joe, but I, I remember reading it in one of the books about Holocaust uh, survivors and about, you know, evidence of, of DNA based, uh, DNA based evidence of trauma, um, in, in subsequent generations. So if that, and I remember reading that and I, I don't know where it might've been, but I will tell you that if that is the case, why wouldn't we think that that would take place with slavery? I mean, of course it would. Yeah. And I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, 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 you're fine. This was just, this was just a concept that I, I, I'm not, not, so I'm not like, I tell people like, when we start doing the health work, we kind of a lot of times we go on a super overcritical, um, harsh look at ourselves. Oh, you're stupid. Why would you believe that? And I'm like, your logical brain and your internal self sometimes or internal cells, because you know, we talk about mm-hmm. the childhood self, the negative self, all those things. But your logical brain right, <laughs> does not always it doesn't even if you know better. So many things I know better. I mean, shit, I I, I knew better than to eat, you know, my cheese and my grits today, but logically, was that going to help me with, with the 20 pounds of COVID weight that I'm supposed to be trying to lose right now? Maybe not, but I did it anyway. Yeah. I mean, you, you get like, and I tell people, it's like, like, it's okay. Not in, you know, and now, but you become overcritical when you start working on yourself sometimes. You're like, oh, you should know better. You're stupid. Or, you know, and then I'm like, uh, monitor your self-talk. It's okay. Like, oh girl, let's, let's recognize that. Okay. You made this decision. Okay. Maybe look, why did you make the decision? Or maybe you just wanted to make that decision today and you're okay with the effects that that decision is making. It's, it's no real right or wrong way to do this, <laughs> but you can, have, you can have an easy plan or you can have a hard plan. <laughs> you can take, you can make decisions. Like I want my life to be easier. So I'm going to stop doing things that are going against the grain of what I'm trying to do, you know, but just mm-hmm. be aware, 
be aware of what everything that you do, you know, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. So when somebody comes to work with you, and I'm hoping that after this podcast airs, I hope a lot of people listen to it. And um, I, if I, I would reach out to you. I mean, I would, I would want to know if I was going to be a prospective client of yours. um, What can I expect from my first meeting with you? First meeting with me, huh? My consultations, I really want to know what you um, want more of in your life. So I usually ask people, um, before you come, go ahead and decide that you, uh, three major goals that you kind of want to achieve. And, and tell me about a space in your life that you're unhappy or unsatisfied in now, write it down. Must come with papers, paper and pen, because I'm a firm believer of writing down everything. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, right. And it's something, I mean, some people type, but I'm like, you can type too, but I will prefer you write just because I'm old school. (laughs) I think the handwriting and I don't want to cut you off, but it's true. And I definitely reinforced all my clients. I'm saying this as if if it's a hassle, but it's sometimes a hassle to try to get your clients to use pen and paper. Yeah. Um, A lot of people don't like it. I just started journaling recently. And when I, by recent, I mean, within the last two or three years uh, before that, I never did. And writing something, you write something in your iPhone, you're, that's never going to get read again. Like yeah. never. And your brain doesn't make the same associations as it and does. And that's scientifically proven. And no, mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 yep. I, I, that's what I try to make sure I incorporate. So I used to tell people that. And then, and then when they meet with me, so we discuss, and really all of my coaching, um, Clients, I don't, I don't have any expectation before my client comes. This is all you-centered because every single person that I deal with has a different particular challenge that they want to conquer. Maybe some, some, some of my clients just really an iconic, if I think just need somebody to talk to. And yeah. I just, I talk and I ask the right questions and they figure out the answers. And then some people then, and then we always have, <laughs> I mean, so it just depends. It's all client-centered. But if you come, I usually help you with the schedule because I'm very, very firm believer that if you do not have any form of a bedtime, and I know this sounds so basic, but it's so many people who don't have a bedtime, who don't have a awake time, who don't write their goals, who don't write their intentions. Um, so I try to implement what I call just your basic create creation behavior. You have to start with your behavior in a lot of ways and habits. And so I'm like, what do you want? And one of my clients, you know, he, he's an entrepreneur and he's making over 200,000 a year. He's like, he's one of those people who's doing great, you know, financially, but he still feels a lot of, you know, he said he has issues around certain things or whatever. I'm not trying to tell all his business. I don't want him watching and be like, you, <laughs> I mean, he could be anybody at this point. Right. It could be any man. And so he told me he, he wanted, he, he had named three things. He said, I want, I want to help. Uh, I want to be a better father, which I think he's an awesome father. Now he's overly critical of himself. And that's what I find a lot of black men are because the whole fatherhood. Because, exactly. Yes. Right. And there's and so, more pressure to be a good father. Right. Exactly. So he wants to be a better father. He wants to have more trust and relationship with women and uh, he wants to do something with his business. But, you know, we were going back and forth and, and, and so finally we had, I was like, I'll, we would have a meeting. We'll discuss, I'll give him some homework. And then the next session, it was like, something came up. And so he couldn't um, like show up, whatever. And he did this like three times. And so at the third meeting, I was just like, Hey, you have to be really, really, really serious about this. And if you're not, that's okay. No judgment, but come back to me when you're serious because you're never 
ever going to achieve the work until you make this as something that you're trying to do for yourself, which means that you're going to have to change some of the things that are causing you to not want to get up and make it to your meeting. You're going to have to be willing to give up some things and replace with others that benefit you to the goal of what you're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he was like, you right. You're real right. Like, you know, I just, I'll be having fun going out, you know, hanging out. You And I'm like, if, if you want to drink, I have nothing against drinking, but you need to be very, I, how do you want to do this? Do you want to drink to three o'clock in the morning and expect to get up at six? It's just not going to work. Like it's some basic behavioral things is the first thing I address. What is your schedule? What's your schedule? What time do you, what time did you go to sleep last night? What time did you wake up this morning? Cause if you're not functioning and you're not eating, drinking enough water, <laughs> I know this is silly sounding. No, you're talking to a coach. Yeah. So like, you, you realize that you're saying this, yeah. you're saying this, and I want to just tell you, and I want to tell all of the, the, the people that are listening as well is that this is fucking real. What she is saying, by the way, guys, and people, and I had a client that I just would not believe this, would not believe this. And I said, you don't understand that the, the building blocks to moving your life forward take place in getting enough sleep, drinking yeah. enough water, putting yeah. nutritious food in your body, shit that's not processed. And it's not because you want to be skinny and it's not because you want to, it's because you have to take care of the vessel that fuels you to move your life forward. If you start doing those basic things, everything else will follow suit. Some people think that you're full of shit. It's like, bitch, please. We're not full of shit. Like you're like, Oh, this is like some people. They think they they think that their first session is you're going to give them the magical answer to all their problems. You're going to give this magical fix. And I say, we are in a solution symptom-based society. We want, I mean, not solution. Let me, let me take that. We're a symptom-based society. So we want to fix the symptoms, but not really fix the illness. Exactly. And, And so I'm like, no, like a lot of times my first month, is getting you on a schedule because it takes a it takes they say it takes 30 days to build a habit but i really heard that it really takes 60 days to build a habit. it really takes depends on how long you've had the old habit well, so okay. if you're yeah. if your old habit is that you go to bed at three o'clock in the morning and you've done that for 15 years it might take six months to build a new habit mm-hmm. you know like i mean that's the thing it really just depends and as somebody that like i think one of my specialties as a coach and just as a as as a mentor and as somebody just in my own personal life is building and breaking habits, building new habits, breaking bad habits. Yeah. It it really depends on the habit. I mean, You're you can't totally ex- broken. So, and I'm sorry not to interrupt you, but I just seeing you from afar and I'm not with you every day. I have seen like you, like, I don't know how long everybody been knowing Andy who watched this, but Andy is a total different individual. And that, that took a lot of conscious work. I know it did. Yeah. And hard work, hard, yeah. work, hard work when you realize that you're the only person. Can, I'm just going to go on, on a, on a, a bit of a, um, a bit of a tangent for like two seconds. And then I got into a kind of a, a little bit of an, uh, not an argument, but I went on a little bit of a tirade to a friend just this last week about the fact that about people living in anger and victim consciousness, um, not the same people that you and I have been talking about in the podcast, because obviously I was talking about a whole different group of people, but the thought process was the same anger, victim consciousness. And I said, you know, the people that lived in anger and victim consciousness for all of COVID are standing in the same place. And I, and that is, was a choice. Mm. And, you know, this person was unhappy with me saying that. And, you know, I, I, part of me saying it was about me, you know, because everything that you have a strong reaction to is really about you. And I'm, I'm aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, 
I think the strong reaction in the part that was about me was that I had to realize that I was responsible for everything that was wrong. And mm-hmm. it didn't matter that my, that I had insurmountable debt, debt that may or may not have been my parents. <laughs> you know, my parents had given me some poor guidance on borrowing yeah. money. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I had, a, and I did not have a good home life as a child. And there was a lot of trauma and there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of different things that happened to me that were not fair or right, but all of it was my responsibility. And yeah. to realize that you are the, you, you're responsible and, also, then you have to go through the shame mm-hmm. and you have to look at your ugly self and the ugly things you've said and the ugly things you've done. And I know, you know, even showing up every day now, you know, what happens is you get to a point in your life where you show up and you have that shame and you have that guilt, because I know there are people that listen to this and go, oh, who the hell does she think she is? She was this, that, and the other. And you know what? I got to eat it. I got to accept it. That was who I was. That was a past life. People can choose to hang on to it or we can move on, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, and it is, it's just coming, it's coming to terms with that. Yeah. But it's yeah. inner work. And I wanted to loop that because I did get on a, on a, uh, I went on a, a little bit of a. No, you're fine. You're, you're but, good. <laughs> well, I mean, I just wanted to go back to, you know, working with these men and, you know, the idea that we have, we're a solutions-based society because people do think that there is just a fix that you can just tell them what to do and they'll do it. And it's like, no, we all have a different experience yeah. and those and, yeah. uh, and different trauma and different problems and different issues and the work is long and it's hard. I'm going like fucking and if, and if years. You don't, and, if, and if you don't have a strong foundation, you don't have anything. And I tell people inspiration always runs out. Just to be inspired and think that you're going to push yourself through real trials and tribulations and, and the challenges that occur, especially when you're trying to change beliefs. Because sometimes your inner self does not want to let go of these negative thoughts and limiting beliefs that have helped you in their perspective. And I'm talking about it because I feel like you have all these different selves living inside of you, but in their perspective, this is keeping you safe. This is what's keeping you alive. This mm-hmm. is what's keeping That's your the brain. Your brain's designed yeah. to do that. It wants you to stay and so alive. When, and once you start challenging it, it's like, no, no, no. And do you think that inspiration alone is going to get you up at five o'clock in the morning? Because usually your brain kept you up to one o'clock a.m. because you were thinking all these negative thoughts consistently over and over again and not taking a time to be like, stop, it's okay. I got this, you can leave. And whatever other work you have to say to get rid of those thoughts and beliefs or whatever you use, there's so many techniques you can use. And literally you can type in, you, if you, it's no excuse why people cannot find resources to change themselves anymore. I, I don't wanna hear it. It's about, do you want to? People are like, what do I need to do? How did I find books? I typed in on the internet, <laughs> on Google. And I'm like, I need to changing beliefs. And no, I, I did. I did the same. I went on Google and I, well, I, I want to start with saying that, you know, the basic, the basic things about sleep and nutrition and all of that. Mine all started with a program called the Whole Life Challenge. And the guy that created Yes. Um, the guy that created that program, he was the co-founder. There were two guys. Um, but one of them, Andy Petronic, became my mentor and 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 really has helped me so much. He's a life coach, he's brilliant. Um, but he has helped me so much um with all of this. But mm-hmm. before uh he and I connected and before all of that, I had to learn the basic the base it was it, the program's based on seven daily habits and one of it's nutrition, sleep exercise, 
um, moving your body mobilization. Um, and then what, Jesus Christ. Now (laughs) I've been, I played this game every six weeks for the last three years. And yet here, let's get nutrition, exercise, mobilization, sleep, uh, hydration. Um, and then you do a well-being practice, whether it be meditation or journaling or whatever. And then you do a daily reflection about how your day went and you do these seven daily habits every day for six weeks before I could do all of this inner work before I became a coach, before I started tackling the big, big, big shit, like the big shit. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to eat food. Mm-hmm. I had to learn to go to bed. I, I mean, had, you don't, you don't expect a three month year old to take off running into at a marathon. It just, doesn't. exactly. It's you don't. Your perception of the micro step sport. I love because that's what, and I, and some people would be feeling like, or like even I had a conscious, like she had went from, I met with her yesterday and she had had her first, her second session yesterday. And she had went from not journaling. She has so much resistance to journaling and writing things down. And she's very spiritual. So her spirit had kept telling her, you need to write, you need to journal. She had been resisting it for three, four years. And so I said, what we're going to do is we're just going to make a commitment every day. I'm going to text you at 10 o'clock and I'm going to give you a reminder, have you 15 minutes. I don't care if you get on the paper, right? Da, 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 da. I don't care. We're building a habit. Yeah. Right. Whatever so, yeah. No right or wrong. Only 15 minutes a day. That's all I want you to commit to for five days. You don't have to do it the whole week. I just want you to do it Monday through Friday and do it before 10, you know? And so she started her meditation. Journey. And so by the time we got to her, when we met yesterday, Sunday, and I'm saying, how did your week go? She was like, yeah, well, I achieved my goal. I'm like, really? Cause I kind of wasn't expecting, you know, I, I don't, I mean, I'm not that I don't, I don't have any expectations. I just want you to do your best. And who knows how life, I know life happens sometimes when you set goals, you know, but I was like, really? So your first week, you journaled every day and you had all this resistance for years. Like you could not get yourself to journal. She's like, yeah, I'm like, that's amazing. And she was like, I mean, I don't feel that amazing. So we had to work around her feeling gratitude for herself. But regardless, I was just like, this, I know it sounds micro, but I need you to celebrate your, your small wins. Because once you get those big wins, you're not going to even have motivation to, because you you don't even feel appreciative and able to honor and feel worthy of feeling the gratitude within yourself, you know, but celebrate your small wins is where I was getting it. Like, it's so so important. It's so important and it's necessary. And the universe is kind of on a lag and so is your brain. So if you're not a spiritual person and you don't want to, you don't want to talk about the universe, whatever, um, you can, you can insert anything into this sentence, but we're on a lag. So yeah. when I stopped drinking and I tried to, you know, I tried to coach, a, I don't, I haven't really coached anybody in recovery for alcohol. Um, not that I'm opposed to it. It just hasn't come up. Um, yeah. But I have tried to, you know, I have informally coached some friends and mm-hmm. um, about a year and a half, uh, not a year and a half, because I've been sober a year and a half, about maybe a year ago, somebody was talking to me about stopping drinking and it was like 10 days. And he said, I don't really feel any different. And I said, it's going to take a month before you feel different. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like, it's going to take some time. Do you remember? You. Okay. And do you remember it was, and I, and I don't remember this, but, but do you remember it was about two or three years ago, I posted, I stopped drinking for like two or three months just to see how it felt. And I remember, I, making- I remember that. Yeah. It was a book that I read at the time. Anyway, just to get back to that saying, in case somebody's listening, they say that the, the chemicals that come from, I think alcohol, you can have like one drink. And then I think 
that same, I don't know, whatever produces. Yeah. So basically what happens is your brain kind of gets used to how much it it knows that you drink. So people that have an easy time with moderation are usually people that never drink heavily because their brain never really adapted to releasing that amount of chemical stimulants, dopamine, whatever, to combat the negative and the, the, uh, the depressive effects of alcohol and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember, I just can't remember the exact, but I remember it saying that it takes like 10 days or something, or, or, or I can't remember, but it was an extreme amount that just surprised me. I was like, what? Like alcohol a, withdrawal is, is up to 10 days. And, and that's the worst symptoms happen around 72 hours. And you can yeah. be in a haze. Like I'm telling you, you're in a haze. Mm-hmm. Like if you're drinking heavily, you don't even realize you're in a haze yeah. until the haze is over. And you're like, holy fuck. Holy yeah. fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, seriously. No, I, 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 I understand. Like, it was some parts of my life where I drank way more than others. And, and I, I never think I developed a complete dependency on it, but I was very social. So when I did, um, and I was social, Hey, if you're going out every night and I was fucking stripping, I used to drink. That's when I drank the most of my life because it was just like, Oh God, I got to sit next to this dude and at least make him feel like I want to at least whatever. And I would just drink a lot. And, but it would, it would affect every part of my life. I've never drank that much before after, I mean, after that, but yeah, like that's another thing I hate to say that, but I ask people, how much do you drink? And some mm-hmm. people don't want to, and I say, I'm not judging you. Cause I don't ask anybody. I'm party girl all day. And if I feel like I'm not sober, so if I feel like having a drink, but I, I don't have a dependency on it, you know? So, but I still ask them how much you'd be very honest with yourself because for me, not that I'm encouraging everybody to live like me, but for me, I know that when I go out and I have a bottle of wine or two, I'm not going to be the same person in the morning. I'm going to get that fuck it in my system. It's like, fuck it. Okay. I, you know, I have my drinks now. So fuck it. I don't care what I eat. I don't care what time I get up. You're right. just trying to get over that feeling. So if you have goals in your life, really highly consider cutting back on your alcohol intake. What's, what's and, the and, most important thing to you? And I think that's important because, you know, when I stopped drinking, I was drinking two days a week by the end of it. Granted, I didn't have an off switch when I was drinking those two days a week, mm. but I was sacrificing my running mm. and I was sacrificing. Okay. I'll drink on Monday nights. I won't run on Tuesdays. I was sacrificing yes. things. And I was like, Jesus Christ, Andy, how long are you going to do this? Yes. I'm like, how long are you going to, you know, put things off? I mean, I hated the job that I was working in. I hated it. Um, and I was like, how long are you going to do this? You don't, you're not spending any time trying to get out of here. All you're doing is, you know, you, you, you budget in this time for alcohol. And so I just decided, okay, you know, and it's, it's with people that are, you know, are, if you're drinking a little too much, you know, you know, your clients, if that's the case, it's not necessarily, and I don't want to, you know, turn people off to a coaching program because I would never tell somebody that they have to drink less, but I would tell somebody to really strongly consider how often that's getting in the way. Yeah, no, that's what, and that's, you know, and I think you're, I have, to, I have to tell you, I'm like, you ha- like the theory is you cannot have conflicting goals. I want to go out and party three or four o'clock in the morning, but I want to get up at six. You have to pick and choose. And, and, and this is where I'm like, coach Isha, coach Aisha, because <laughs> coach Isha is like, look, do you want me to bullshit you or want me to tell you the truth? If you're drinking and hanging out and partying and that's nothing wrong with that, but pick it in moderation, just have some fun every once in a while. Are you where you want to be in your goals to even have this lifestyle that you're living right now? Is it, is it building up to what you're trying to achieve in your life? Like these are questions to ask yourself. And, and what's, it's not a judgment because I could care less if you drink 
a whole bottle or gallon of whatever or not because it doesn't affect me and my at all at all at all it doesn't <laughs> but you're coming to me for help or you're coming to me for guidance in a way or helping me get you to think a little differently and sometimes you know at, you're gonna not we're gonna have to tell you things that you don't want to hear and it's not personal it's just yeah. but, you know somebody had to tell you things you didn't want to hear yeah, and someone told me people. things I a lot of people and I a lot of people it. did I don't want to hear that shit. I was like, what? Whatever. <laughs> oh my God. And another thing that I wanted to ask you just really quick. Um, so because I know that you said that you have some clients that, that have a, 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 are affluent, that are very affluent. Mm-hmm. Are, do you ever find in your work? And I've, I found this in, in my, in, in, in life, I think. And I didn't, I didn't come up with this concept on my own. Uh, I read it in an email from Annie Grace. Um, who wrote this naked mind and it's a, it's a sobriety book, but I've, I've started to look for it in life. And I found examples of, do you find that people sometimes, cause I remember you were telling me the story about your client before, you know, the, the, the person that wasn't coming to the meetings. Do you find that people in our solution centered society feel like once they've spent the money, the work's done? Because I think that that's an issue in our society. And that's what Annie Grace wrote about in her email is that a lot of times people will feel like once they've bought the book, the work is done. They don't have to read the book. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I wasn't like, okay, so I signed up to this class. You, you gave me homework. You got hard work every week. (laughs) I I don't know if you've experienced that. I I I um, I think. I think we place, we, we place with money comes entitlement and we place too much power in money. Money is just, money is just a piece of paper with some energy behind it and how much energy you put in it. And when you, when you place so much value and power in uh, the dollar bill, you feel like it has that much influence over, I think like your relationships and your life and your behavior. And, and so I know, you know, I, I, I know even some people who, they do that with, they buy a service and, and they're like, okay, so like, I'm like, this is not a housekeeping service. You didn't gym pay membership me that you pay. your house, but even a gym membership, you bought you know, it, like, you bought it, but you, you think you have you to go. Yeah. You have to go. You if the gym's going to come to you and lift your legs and I, I don't know if people can't see me, but <laughs> like, like, like what? No. <laughs> I wish people could actually see uh, the, the gestures that she's doing. But that, that is true. And it's true of a, of a coaching program. You know, you really, you, you get out what you put in and so true. And, and, and I'm gonna be honest with you. You already paid me. You paid me a month, two months, three months, depending on what package we sold you, but you paid me already. So if you want to put in less than I'm going to remind you, cause I'm going to do everything in my power to break through those blockages when you're having um, things coming in away when you're making excuses. I'm going to remind you, I'm going to help you. I'm going to do the best that I can, but I'm going to stop you and ask you, what do you really want? Or what do you really have an expectation of me? And I ask people what their expectations are of me. You see in that first conversation, what do you want for me? Because I need them to get very clear what I'm here for, because I'm not Jesus, unfortunately. I'm not. So we have to work together. You know, this is a partnership. We're partners right now. You know, this is me and you, we're co-working together. (laughs) And I have to make sure people are aware of that. 
um, because I'm because a lot of times they'll pay the money and and they're like, okay, so I need you to remind me when to show up because I I wait ten minutes. That's my max. I wait ten minutes, and sometimes I feel like that's too long, but I'll wait ten minutes. And if you don't show up by ten minutes, I'm off. Yeah, absolutely. Your time is valuable. And so is theirs. Yeah. So is theirs. Exactly. And if we're all going to be, you know, working together and all of us are working together, you know, we're all working together as, as, as one entity and, you know, there, we are individuals, but we're working together and you, every person has to respect one another's time. Everyone, every person, because all of us only get the same amount of hours and minutes and seconds in the day. You know, (laughs) you respected my time today. I respected your time, except for uh, when we had an Amber alert. (laughs) (laughs) Do not know about, but we started to record the podcast and an Amber alert just knocked out my audio for a good 45 seconds. So, (laughs) So just so you guys know, that was what happened with us. But respecting one another's time is really important and, and respecting one another just respect, mutual respect, because it is a partnership and it is building something. Yes, I totally agree. I, have to. Um, I just have one more question for you. Um, where can everyone find you? Oh my goodness. So I'm officially launching Coaching for Kings in July. I have not did the exact date yet. So, cause I wanted to do it at the beginning of July, but I didn't want to do it around July 4th because I wanted to get more attention. So I haven't figured out the exact date, but I am on Instagram um, coaching for Kings, um, on Instagram. I also have my YouTube channel, which you can find once you get on Instagram, you can just kind of click and it'll be there. And and we post, and we also do, um, coaches corner once a week, usually on Saturdays uh, with one of my fellow coaches. We hadn't worked, she had a death in a family. So we have to kind of put that on pause for a little bit, but so I, I just Instagram, and YouTube are my two main resources right now. My website, I bought the domain name, but it is not up yet. <laughs> so I'll tell you what. So for everybody um, that's listening, that the website will be up soon. Is yeah. it Coaching for Kings? What is it's the website? Coaching web- for Kings. The website will be done hopefully the first week of July. Dot com? Uh, yeah. Yes. Coachingforkings.com. Yeah. I had to, I, I hurried and secured that name because <laughs> I did not want a dot .org or anything else. Can you imagine coachingforkings.org? Yes. I, I don't know why. I was like, I need to make sure even if I don't have it yet. So yeah. So some, every- some domains work with the dot .org. I don't know if, if coaching, I mean, I guess it really just depends on, you know, who you're- like it, it was just me. It was just me being silly and petty and wanting it to be .com. And they, I think and it's they great. <laughs> and just so you all know, by the way, guys, we're recording this podcast in the first week of June, and I I might actually put it out really soon. It might be out, um, it might be out within a week or two. Um, so you won't have long to wait for coachingforkings.com, but you can find Coach Aisha at Coaching for Kings on Instagram for sure. And she's really, really, really proactive and prolific with keeping content posted. So you can find her there. You're definitely a responsive to DMs. Yes. Thank you. Yes, I am. Anybody can DM me and contact me at any time. That's awesome. Aisha, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It has been a real pleasure. I am so excited to see all the great things that you're going to be doing in the future. It's just wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. And I am really honored to be here on your podcast, my first podcast. So thank you. It was amazing. (laughs) And that about does it for this week on the Get the Fuck Off podcast, guys. Coaching for Kings on Instagram is where you can find Coach Aisha or Coach Isha. So great to have her here on the Get the Fuck Off podcast. If you guys want to be a guest, reach out to me, Andy, Andy, E-E, 
at getthefuckoff.com. You can also visit me on my website to hear this and all other podcasts at getthefuckoff.com. And I will be back next week with another episode. Until then, take care, be safe. We will see you soon.